Good morning. Okay, there we go. Okay. I could shout real loud, and most of you here might actually be able to hear me, but I'm afraid that our brothers and sisters who are watching online might not be able to, unless I get right down there in front of it. And that would be a really scary sight, so I don't want to scare anybody off this morning. So, It's interesting to me that uh, memory and remembering is something that I have thought a lot about in recent years, and I've had good reason to do so. The most significant reason is the experience of living with someone with dementia. Barb's mother, as you know, had Alzheimer's when she moved in with us just a few years ago. We witnessed firsthand what it's like to slowly forget almost everything, starting with her short-term memory, first what happened or what was said just two minutes ago she couldn't remember, and then over time kind of working backwards from there until the only things she remembered were maybe some song lyrics. That was kind of an interesting thing. She would remember some uh, lyrics of old songs and maybe some things that happened when she was much younger. But eventually, she forgot even most of that, including her husband and her family. Now, when Barb and I were first married, and I realized that she sometimes had memory issues, she would forget silly little things. She used to joke that she married me to remember her life. And I used to joke that the good thing is if she ever got Alzheimer's, nobody would ever know the difference. Now, it seemed funnier then, but it seemed a little less funny when we actually lived with Alzheimer's. Nevertheless, we did find occasions for humor when her mom and her dad lived with us. You almost have to, don't you? You have to. Otherwise, it would really drive you nuts. I believe humor is God's good gift to us. Thank the Lord for humor, huh? God certainly has a sense of humor. Why else would he create a monkey that looked like this? Now, this guy would definitely need a really big COVID face mask, huh? There was a time I bought Gigi a nose warmer. She was always complaining that her nose was cold, so she wore that thing almost year-round. This is her panda nose warmer. And she would ask me almost every day if I liked her nose warmer, and I'd say, yes, I really like it a lot. And then she'd say, remarking on the size of my rather prodigious nose, she said, they probably wouldn't have enough material to make one for you. <laughs> and then she'd laugh at her own joke as if I hadn't heard it every day for about two years. <laughs> and that, of course, made me laugh, too. A lot of people can find humor in forgetfulness. There's this forgetfulness support group where, kind of like in in Alcoholics Anonymous, someone introduces themselves and they admit your problem and your reason for being there. Well, here it says, my name is Bill and I'm forgetful. And the group says, hi, Carl. <laughs> In a time when we need to remember passwords for almost anything, these ladies seem to have the right idea. With my ailing memory, I'm thinking of changing my password to incorrect. And that way, when I log in with the wrong password, the computer will tell me, your password is incorrect. And here's everyone's worst nightmare. I'll be interested to see if uh, you'd be willing to raise your hand to see how many of you had this nightmare. I actually did have this nightmare back when I was in school. (laughs) Anybody ever have that? Except I was in school. I wasn't waiting for a meeting. And this is forgetfulness. And it says that feeling of apprehension just before the big meeting. (laughs) 
So all of us struggle with memory at one level or another, and some more than others. And since this is true, how can we remember? The biggest lie I tell myself is I don't need to write that down, I'll remember it. This is a recognition that we have to be proactive in remembering. We have to write things down. We have to memorize things. We have to create lists. We have to use calendars. Sometimes when I need to remember to bring something with me, I either place it in the car uh, the night before so I can't possibly drive away without it the next morning, or I actually sometimes will put it in my path somewhere where I know that I'm actually going to have to physically step over it to forget this thing that I need to remember. Now, I have my portable brain here, which is really handy. And the truth is, I actually have a pretty good memory. I'm not like Jim Garrett, but it's pretty good nonetheless. But I still need reminders. To remember, we need reminders. That's kind of ironic, isn't it? And the old tie the string around your finger, you know, people used to do that. That only works if you remember why you put the string there to begin in the first place. You may have heard the phrase, lest we forget. Now, if you've heard it, you've probably heard it um, in war remembrance services or commemorative occasions in English-speaking countries. And before the term was used in reference to soldiers and war, it was first used in an 1897 poem written by Rudyard Kipling called Recessional. Let me just read a few lines from this poem. God of our fathers, known of old, Lord of our far-flung battle line, Beneath whose awful hand we hold dominion over palm and pine, Lord of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. So, of course, Rudyard Kipling didn't come up with this idea. This idea is very clear in the Word of God. The concept of being careful not to forget was already present in the Bible. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, it says, For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon Him. And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I have set before you today? Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children." So there we have it in the Word of God, early in the Word and throughout Scripture. We see these continual reminders to remember. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 8 through 13 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell of all His wondrous works. God, glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and His strength Seek His presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that He has done, His miracles and the judgments He uttered. Remember, we see it again and again, remember the works that He has done. Lest you forget the things your eyes have seen. Lest you, depart, lest you allow those things to depart from your heart. That's just another way of lest you forget those things. Why is this so important to us as believers in Christ? Why does the Word so consistently admonish us to remember? And what happens when we don't remind ourselves to remember? We see our own human tendencies so clearly illustrated in Scripture. We might look at some of these familiar stories and think, wow, what dullards 
Can you believe that? Can you believe that, for example, just a few days after the people of Israel were delivered from Egypt, immediately after witnessing firsthand all of the amazing miracles, including the parting of the Red Sea, that God had done so that they could cross on dry land, and then seeing the Egyptians, uh, the army trying to cross the same space and that army being drowned. Just three days after being eyewitnesses, seeing it with their own eyes, of God's mercy and God's power, they were grumbling about not having enough water. God had just demonstrated His power over water in parting the Red Sea. Immediately after that, immediately after He parted the Red Sea, we read this, and when the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in Him and in Moses, His servant. So there was that moment when they said, wow, this is amazing. I can trust this God. They put their trust in God. But it only took three days for that trust to wane and for the Israelites to begin to complain. This is but one example. We could cite numerous others from both the Old Testament and the New Testament. We could mention, for example, the apostles who quickly forget what they had learned from Jesus. We see the apostles who lived with Jesus. This was God in the flesh. They lived with him day and night and saw him perform miracles of all kinds, heard his words, and saw how he lived his life. And then they grow fearful when a storm comes and Jesus is sleeping peacefully in the boat. And eventually they abandoned him when he was taken to be crucified. So scripture tells us that Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. We shouldn't be amazed. Why? Because we are just like them. We tend to forget who God is. And then we tend to grumble. We tend to grow hopeless or despair. Even after we've walked with the Lord for years. We tend to forget what He has done. We tend to forget what He has accomplished for us. We forget the most basic things about His character. We forget the most critical things about His power. We forget the foundational things of our faith, like His amazing love for us, His everlasting mercy, and His grace. So, lest we forget, we need reminders regularly constantly. This is where we must decide to do something really important. We need to preach to ourselves. We need to preach to ourselves. We need to rehearse the gospel to ourselves every day without exception. And sometimes, honestly, we need to do it more often just like one, than more just once a day. Especially when things are difficult, we need to remind ourselves what the Word tells us about our great God. Let's take a look, for example, at what we might call Jeremiah's very bad day. That sounds like a good kid's book, doesn't it? Jeremiah's very bad day. Except we know, if we know anything about the story of Jeremiah, that it wasn't just a very bad day. It was his life. It was the reality of his existence for a very long time. It wasn't just a day. He would have been thrilled if it was just a day. Now here was a prophet called by God specifically to bring God's message of repentance to his chosen people. But Jeremiah experienced a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, even as a result of this calling. And life's circumstances often cause us to forget God in the midst of this kind of thing. Now this is a longer passage, so you may want to turn there. It's from Lamentations chapter 3, 
beginning with verse 1. If you turn there, you'll be able to follow along a little bit better. But let's listen to Jeremiah's complaint, and then let's see where he ends up, and let's see how this happens. So beginning with Lamentations chapter 3, verse 1, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. See if you can relate to anything in these things. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, He shuts out my prayer. Don't we feel like that sometime? When we call out, we cry out to the Lord, and it feels like our prayers are hitting the ceiling and bouncing right back at us. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding, he dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughingstock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and sated me with gall. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. So he's remembering, isn't he? He's remembering all these things that have been happening to them and him, and there still were happening to him. He says, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. I think we have those days, don't we? We have those days when we say, my soul is downcast within me. We might not say it like that, but that's how we feel, isn't it? And here's where we see the big turning point in verse 21. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning, Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So Jeremiah remembered, and in remembering, he wasn't forgetting and just dismissing all those things that had happened to him and were happening to him. He was remembering those too. He remembered the afflictions. He remembered the bitterness. He remembered his soul being downcast. That sounds like depression to me. It sounds like even despair, doesn't it? And if all of us are honest, we've been there. We've been there. And it sounds as if he had good reason to be very discouraged. We couldn't say to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, just buck up. You're fine, buddy. We couldn't say that. If we did, we'd we'd be like Job's comforters, kind of giving him false comfort. But this isn't all that he remembered. He preached to himself. Jeremiah preached to himself. He wrote, this I call to mind. That's another way to say he remembered. It's another way to say he remembered it, but not just remembered it. It's not like, oh, I forgot this, but now I remember. He called it to mind. It was very intentional. He remembered it intentionally. You call something to mind. You remind yourself to remember 
the things that are important. And this remembering did what? It brought him hope. It brought him hope. He remembered God's mercy. He said, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. He knows that's what we deserve. To be consumed. Some versions say to be cut off or to perish. Some versions tell us the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. He knows these things. He knows His mercies will never come to an end. But because His love never ceases, because the Lord loves us, because His mercies never come to an end, we are not consumed. We are not cut off. We do not perish. Because He's a compassionate God, because He is a faithful God, great is His faithfulness. Isn't that a great thing to remind ourselves of? Great is His faithfulness. He is faithful even when we are not faithful. Then Jeremiah continues to remind himself of what he knows to be true about God. He knows it to be true because of the Word of God. And he knows it to be true because of his own personal experience with the Lord. Even though in that moment he was remembering the bitterness. He knows this to be true. And he knows because God is faithful that God is still there. God is with him. He writes, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. That's what the great English preacher Malcolm Lloyd-Jones once called self-talking to self. I say to myself, King David did this too. We read in Psalm 42.5, Why are you so cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation. Why so downcast? Why so downcast? Self, talking to self. I'm talking to myself. Why am I so downcast? Put your hope in God. It's just another way of saying it's a reminder. It's a reminder to remember, to remember these things about our great God, to remember what He knows about the God He serves. A reminder to remember the things that God has already done. A reminder of who God is. A reminder of His character revealed in His Word. A reminder of His faithfulness. We need to find ways to remind ourselves about the things that matter. Because when we aren't regularly, intentionally, explicitly putting this truth before ourselves, we will forget those truths. Or at least we're going to feel and act as if we have forgotten those truths. And not preaching the gospel and all it encompasses to ourselves each and every day can have very sobering consequences. Part of the gospel is found in the Bible Bowl A-verse. How many Bible Bowlers remember the A-verse? All right, good for you. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we also see this same truth expounded in Romans 3.23 in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11. through 11. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That's quite a list. And this is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. We read in Galatians chapter 3, verse 22, But the Scripture imprisoned everything under sin 
so that the promise by faith in Christ Jesus might be given to those who believe. Why do we need to remember this too? Why do we sometimes forget that before we were in Christ, we were slaves to sin? That's what the Bible tells us about the reality of our spiritual condition. We were children of wrath. We were dead men walking. It's easy to compare ourselves to the world. All those people out there are so much worse than I am. Nobody's going to say amen, right? Thank you. But I have to remember that this is what some of us were. And if I don't fit into this particular list of sins that I just read from 1 Corinthians, there's some other list that I do certainly fit into. This is what I was. And it's also true, not only is that what I was, but I'm still being sanctified, I'm still being changed into His image, so I am still very capable of sinning. I was listening to see if Barb was going to say amen to that. Thank you, dear, for not embarrassing me. And when I do remember that, when I do remember this, okay, I remember that this is what I was, and this is what I am becoming, and I'm still capable of sinning, but this is what God rescued me from. It encourages humility in me. When I remember that, it encourages humility in me. It builds in me a dependence on God, because apart from Him... Apart from His saving grace, I am completely and utterly without hope and without God in this world. Without Him, I'm lost. And so are you. So remembering where we came from and remembering how far we still have to go in Christ is an important thing for us to remind ourselves of too. Yet, now that I do remember and want to regularly remind myself of this is where I've come from and this is how far I still have to go, I remember what I'm saved from. I need to remember that He makes all things new, including me. I'm saved. In Him, I'm a new creation. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, He's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. What a wonderful thing. So remembering these truths about who we are in Christ should make a difference too. It should make a difference in our attitudes. It should bring to us a sense of gratitude. Wow! In Christ, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. In Christ, I'm a new creation. That should bring me a little bit of optimism, don't you think? In Christ, I'm a new creation. The person that I was before, a child of wrath, without hope and without God in this world, has now all changed because I'm in Christ. We hear a lot about identity these days, don't you? You hear that all the time in the news, you hear it in politics, you hear it in race, you hear it in gender. But my identity is completely and entirely who I am in Christ. If meditating on this truth, thinking about it, and reminding myself of it daily doesn't bring gratitude and optimism to me, then I don't know what will. Another thing we must remind ourselves of is that we were made for His glory. We were made for God's glory, and we were made for the good of each other, the good of our neighbors. While we must remind ourselves of how we are saved by God's grace alone, and that brings us gratitude and humility, we must also remember some of the reasons why we are saved. We read in Ephesians chapter 2 
uh, verses 8 through 10, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Well, that's a great evangelistic scripture, isn't it? But verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, think about this. God created us in Christ Jesus for the purpose of doing good works. Not only that, but before the beginning of time. That's an amazing thing to think about too. God prepared these good works specifically for us to do. So the good works that I do, the good works that Steve does, that Debbie does, that Art does, that Dave and Beth and to do, and I, I, I could go around and name everybody in the room. All those good works, all those good works, God prepared. Isn't that an amazing thought? When I serve somebody, if I'm a child and I obey my parents, or I clean my room because they ask me to, when I bring a meal to someone, when I share the gospel with someone, when I minister to someone who's hurting, these are good works. But not just good works. They're the good works that God prepared for me to do. So that, as Ephesians said, I should walk in them. All that means is that I should live them out in my daily life. I should walk in them. This is how you walk. This is how you live. And when I do these good works, because they are what God made for me to do, I'm honoring Him. I'm bringing Him glory as the giver of all good gifts. So when we remind ourselves of these things and we remember that we are made for His glory and for the good of our neighbors, and of course that includes our brothers and sisters in Christ, we can find purpose for our lives and we can find passion for doing what God has given us to do. But if we forget this, we can feel purposeless and we can be very much passionless, can't we? One of the things we just mentioned that God has prepared for us to do and which gives him glory is that we are his witnesses. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. That is what we are as followers of Christ. And when we are his witnesses, sharing the gospel with those around us and making disciples according to his great commission to us, we are fulfilling his purposes for us. But this too is sometimes something that we forget. We are called both to be his witnesses and sent to make disciples, but we need to remind ourselves of these truths. Remembering these things helps us see our need to be connected to Jesus, but also to be connected to the fellowship as well as our local community because none of us can do this alone. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, it says in Hebrews 10. For he who promised is faithful. There we see his faithfulness again. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the writer of Hebrews says, let us consider. What does that mean? It means to think about, to mull over, to ponder. Why? Lest we forget. We need each other for that. How can we stir one another up for love and good works? And how can we do that when we're not together? Now, of course, this season that we're in presents us a greater challenge with that because some of us have not been able to be together and we still have those who for varying reasons, have decided that it's not wise for them to come back together, and that's okay. 
Nevertheless, this is an overarching principle that applies in normal times, certainly. That's a key part of this reminder to remember, lest we forget. Our relationships with one another are an important, not just an important, a critical component of that. Iron sharpens iron. We sharpen one another. We encourage one another by our words, but also by the way we live our lives. You know, I think back to uh, when Barb and I first came to TCF 40 years ago, and one of the reasons we stayed, probably one of the biggest reasons we stayed, was because I'd never been in a church where such a high percentage of the congregation was very serious about their faith. They lived it. They talked about it. They sought to grow in it. That was a motivator for me as a young man, a relatively new believer at that point, maybe six, seven years in Christ. You know what we tend to live up to or live down to the lives of the people that we hang out with the most? Now, of course, that's not to say we shouldn't hang around with unbelievers. Otherwise, how could we be his witnesses? Nevertheless, who we hang out with the most, we're going to live up to. If they have really high standards in Christ, we're going to live up to that. And if they don't, we're going to live down to that too. I came to TCF and I saw this and I wanted to live up to the kinds of believers in Christ that I got to know here. When we forget these kinds of things, we are asking for trouble in our lives. This is more than just having a strong and solid theology a good understanding of the truths in Scripture. Now it is that, but it must be more. Just like with exercise, knowing that lifting weights will tone and strengthen my muscles isn't enough, just knowing it. I have to do it. I have to put that knowledge into practice. So knowledge is important, but we need to remind ourselves and we need to apply this knowledge to our life circumstances. One of the primary ways we're going to remember the truth is by preaching itself preaching that truth to ourselves regularly. And it's only when we preach it to ourselves that we're really ready to share this amazing truth and wonderful other truths with others. You know, there was a time at TCF more than 20 years ago when the only time we shared communion together, we shared the Lord's Supper like we did this morning, was on the last Sunday of the month. We just did it once a month. Many churches only do it that often. So it's not, we weren't unusual in that regard. But a time came when the elders prayed about this and realized that this observance is a critical reminder to us. And that's what we're talking about. Remember to remember. Remind you to remember. In the Catholic Mass, communion is the focal point of that service. I think this recognizes something very important. So while we don't believe as Catholics do, that communion is a sacrament in the sense that the elements physically become the literal body and blood of Jesus. We also believe here at TCF that it's more than just a memorial. It is that. It is a remembrance. After all, what did Jesus say? Do this in remembrance of me. So he says, remember this. But in a spiritual sense, God is present in that moment as we do what Jesus said, as we remember him and we remember his sacrifice. This is one example of this idea, lest we forget. Every Sunday, that's what we say when we are calling you to the communion table, lest we forget, lest we forget what Jesus did. This is a reminder to remember. And in those moments when we receive these elements, God is present. 
and he reminds us of some of the key elements of the gospel. We remember that Jesus had to die. And we remember why he had to die. Because my sin required that a debt be paid. Because I am incapable in and of myself of ever paying that debt. And because life is in the blood, it required the life and the blood of the sinless Son of God to take the penalty for my sin on my behalf. Lest we forget. A reminder to remember. Beginning my 27th year of Bible Bowl next Sunday, I've often thought about how the first three ABC verses encapsulate the gospel in a very simple way. The A verse is all have sinned. The B verse is believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And why will we be saved? Because C, Christ died for our sins. There it is in those first three verses. The basics of the gospel. We mark and remember these same truths every Sunday when we celebrate communion together. And we do this every Sunday. Why? Because we need this reminder. Because our brains leak. We forget. Or we live as if we have forgotten. Well, you might think, of course I remember. But do our attitudes and our behaviors reflect that we remember these truths? Are we living as if we really do remember these truths? Again, if we remind ourselves to remember that we were slaves to sin, what does that do? It promotes humility in me. And it promotes dependence on God. If we remember that in Jesus, you are His disciple. You are a child of God. You are a new creation. That should create in us gratitude. And it should create in us optimism. And if we remind ourselves to remember that we are made for the glory of God and for the good of our neighbors, remembering these truths will give us purpose. It will give us passion for what we're doing. How do we remind ourselves to remember? Well, you know, Google may be the source of most knowledge. You can find almost anything on Google, right? But the Word of God is the source of all wisdom and truth. You can't find everything there is to know in the Word of God, but you can find everything you need to know. When we spend time in His Word and in prayer, even often when we sing worship songs, even like we did this morning, thank you, Hallett, Glorifying God and His works and His character. We are reminding ourselves of the truth about God and the truth about ourselves. We're soaking in His amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. We're remembering that in Christ alone, as we sing here often, my hope is found. In Christ alone and only in Christ. And remembering these things gives us gratitude and it gives us purpose and it prompts us to glorify the King of Kings who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we are a grateful people, grateful that you've given us your word to remind us to remember the things that are important in this life. Lord, we know there's a lot of things that are important in this life that aren't uh, specifically addressed in your word, but Father, we also know that your word gives us those things that we need to know to follow you wholeheartedly, how to be saved, how to grow in Christ, how to live righteous lives before you. And Father, we're grateful that you just didn't leave us out here trying to figure things around, uh, out on our own, Lord, but you allowed us the great privilege of having your word and your Holy Spirit 
to illuminate your word in our hearts and in our minds so that we can love you and follow you and serve you. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we would indeed each and every day preach the gospel to ourselves, that we would remind us of these tremendous, amazing truths about you and your character, about who we are, about who we are apart from you, and who we are with you. We're grateful for these truths, Lord. We pray that we would ponder them. We pray that we would remind ourselves of them. And we pray that we would live them out in Jesus' name. Amen.